We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is March 14th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here, as always. I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, how are you? I'm in a lot of pain. I'm in a lot of pain. I hate I hate referees. I hate minute restrictions. I hate it all. Tonight was rough. Um the the game ended probably close to like an hour ago and now that we've been like prepping for the mm-hmm. pod and all that like I I forgot about it briefly cuz you, you know you me and Kevin were just kind of chilling Chop, out, chopping it up. Chopping it up and yeah, now I'm I'm back to being sad and upset and mad again. Chopping it up like Kevin's beard. Am I right? Wow. People are not going to be happy to hear that, but that is the truth. Uh, Kevin must have took like five, six inches off the beard easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still got you know a pretty solid beard, more than you and I put together could grow. Yes. But uh, yeah, um, R.I.P. to Kevin's beard. It was pretty legit. There's still it's some really stuff funny. there, but it's but it's it's more tight to the yeah, face. It's still it, a like, beard. It looks you know he looks he looks good to be honest he looks with handsome. you. He's he looks handsome. He's handsome, fella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for him. I agree. What's funny, um, Luke? Good for him. The last uh, time that Kev was on the pod, like, I don't know, like a week and a half ago, okay. he and I were just chatting after, and I was like, what's you know, what's going on with the beard? you ever get, like, food caught in and stuff? He's mm. like, no, I, I don't eat, like, a two-year-old, so I don't, mm. you know, nothing, nothing happens, right? And then, the other day, Kev was eating, like, eggs or something, got <laughs> yolk in his beard, and that's when he's like, nope, we're done here. He decided to, to cut the beard, so, you know, it's funny how uh, things work. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what Luke is referring to is uh, the Magic's overtime loss. Uh, we're recording this Sunday night, um, one fourteen to one sixteen at home to the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. A game that lost coming in overtime. We'll talk more about that game uh, in a little bit later, in a little bit here. But yeah, um, the referees. Uh, you know, if there was ever a game to blame the referees, this one was that one was pretty uh, pretty egregious, Luke. I I didn't like it, but I also think 
it had a lot to do with who you're going against and uh, the free throw merchants themselves, Joel Embiid and and uh, James Harden. They uh, they 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 combined for 32 free throw attempts and uh, made 28 of them. So what are you gonna do? You know, uh, they, they yeah. score 116. I I thought that the, you know obviously we're gonna get into it, but I thought the Magic you know they they played well for the most part as well as you can when you're playing against dudes that could beat you from the outside and also get to the inside and get fouls whenever they want so if there was ever a good loss this was a good loss but again we'll we'll get to we'll get to the Philadelphia 76er game we'll talk about that uh really at length in just a bit here couple of housekeeping items first of all if you guys are watching this on YouTube go ahead and click the subscribe button and ring the notification bell so that you get updates whenever we post new videos which is usually twice a week so I really would appreciate that. And then if you guys are ever interested in helping financially support the show, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. I know you cannot believe it. Yes, we have a Patreon and uh, yeah, we shout out all of our new patrons whenever we have them and we shout out every patron that we have every episode, which is what we're going to do right now. So super special shout out to court cousins, drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Giulio, Bailey, Matt Lyman, Eric Segovia, and Gabe Gaines. You guys are awesome. You help us do what we do. Really, really appreciate you guys. Let's get to the weekly state of the Orlando Magic, Luke. Your Orlando Magic went 2-2 two and two this week with a 102-99 loss at home on Tuesday to the Phoenix Suns. It was a Mikhail Bridges block on Franz Wagner away from that game going into overtime. But then you get a 108-102 to win over the Pelicans on Wednesday, a 118-110 to win over the Minnesota Timberwolves at home on Friday, and then tonight, Sunday, a 116-114 to overtime loss to the 76ers. This week brings the Magic loop to a record of 18 wins, 51 losses. They have the worst record in the Eastern Conference and the second worst record in the NBA, just above the Houston Rockets. Coming into Saturday, the... Uh, coming into Sunday, rather, the Magic were 29th in offensive rating, 20th in defensive rating, 27th in net rating. But in nine games since the All-Star break, Luke, the Magic lead the league in defensive rating. Quick injury report, it's just Jonathan Isaac and Bull Bull that continue to be out. Uh, Jalen Suggs left tonight's contest against the Philadelphia 76ers with the right ankle sprain that he's been dealing with the last you know week or so here. Uh, so we don't know what he what it's going to look like it, you know, if we're going to see Jalen um, on Tuesday when we take on the Spurs, uh, but we hope that he uh, recovers pretty quickly. But it's nice that the injury report, you know, as we uh, you know get closer to the end of the season, Luke is starting to starting to dwindle down a little bit. And it is that time of year, Luke. Uh, we started this a couple of weeks ago, where we are going to start going through the Tankathon on each episode. So Tankathon.com, as a lot of you know, has the NBA Draft Lottery Simulator. Uh, with the top three teams all having a 52.1% chance of ending up in the top four and a 14% chance of ending up with the number one pick overall. But the higher you are in terms of the draft lottery um, dictates you know how, how low you can fall. So right now, the Magic are number two behind the Houston Rockets. So the furthest the Magic would be able to fall uh, would be six, where Sacramento currently is. We're going to go ahead and run the lottery here. The rules are you only run it once. You share your results. Clicking Sim Lottery. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. 
Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. And the Magic fell to fifth. Dang it. With the Oklahoma City Thunder jumping into the top four um, and, and Sacramento as well. So... OKC, Detroit, Houston, Sacramento, and then the Orlando Magic there. Just goes to show you, you can have the best odds and you can still like, fall pretty far. Have we had better than the fourth pick or fifth pick doing these? We have not. We well, have well, not. Has it been fifth pick every time? Um, I think we I, I, I think it we had the sixth pick once. I, I don't know. Maybe it was the fifth each time, but regardless, it, three it doesn't times, feel I think. good at all. Done, I, we've done it three times, I think. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Neither of those times is really turned out the way that we want it to. So, you know, like tonight, we, you know, we talked about that being a good loss. But the other night, you know, you beat the Timberwolves, and some people are not happy about that. But, um, yeah, it just can, you know, We're every time we do daddies, this, it reinforces. So I just, you know, that's a fact. 2-0 and I, against the I Timberwolves don't know why to sweep you don't them on the season. Chalk it up as a W every time you see them. Well, let's talk about it, Luke. Hmm. So the Timberwolves come into Orlando. Now, the last time... Uh, the Magic played the Timberwolves. Uh, that was really the Franz Wagner coming out party uh, where I think he had 14 fourth quarter points against the Timberwolves in Minnesota. He had the big dunk towards the end of that game really to, to cap off the victory. So, uh, yeah, I mean, another big win uh, for the Orlando Magic as the Timberwolves come to Orlando. The Magic, Luke, in this game were up by as much as 18 at one point um, as the Timberwolves started to come back. Uh, you know, later on in the second half, uh, but the Magic were just able to make the plays down the stretch that they needed to and pull out the 118 to 110 win. Game started getting a little bit closer, you know, towards uh, the end of the game, but 
in my opinion, never totally felt like it was uh, the the result was in doubt. It felt like the Magic were going to find a way uh, to win this game, Luke. And uh, that is exactly what they did. Big night for Mo Bamba, by the way. 27 points, 12 rebounds, 10 of 15 from the floor, 5 of 8 from the three-point line. Uh, it, it, you know, Talking about Mo Bamba, this was probably the most complete game for Mo start to finish. Obviously, he's not going to shoot 5 of 8 from the three-point line every night, but I think had at least three or four lobs in this game at the rim, something that we've been asking for Mo Bamba for basically his entire career, career it feels like. But yeah, you have the big game against Philadelphia earlier in the year where he, where he had, I believe it was 28 first half points and then four in the second half. So this felt like the most complete game of Mo Bamba's career, Luke. Yeah, and and yet it still felt like it was basically what he did to do it just isn't like what he can give you every single night on the court. Like on just crazy things that he was doing and unrealistically five of eight from three. I mean, he's, what, a 34% three-point shooter uh, on the year? I mean, this isn't normal, but he'll give this to you every so often. And then, like you said, like three or four um, three or four times where he's just getting easy oops, he's easy dunks, whatever it might be, it just felt like that's what he was giving us. And, I mean, it's great. If you can pull it out in a win, also the Magic been shooting the crap out of the ball from three in the last few games. Uh, we'll talk obviously about the Philly game, but they shoot 41% from three against the T-Wolves, shoot 40%. Um, game before that against the Pelicans, shoot like 38. They're just shooting really well right now. They're rebounding uh, well, at least they did against Minnesota. Um, out-rebounded Minnesota by 12. I mean, they, they, they've they just looked really good, uh, dare I say, just since Markel Fultz came back. I mean, you don't have to dare to say that. I think at that point, at this point, that's just a, a bona fide fact. I don't know that there's any way really to argue that anyone can turn the game on and see when Markel Fultz comes into the game, he, he really just changes the the game. And that's exactly what happened um, in, in the course of, of both of the games that we're going to talk about. Um, you know, the, the Minnesota game was kind of back and forth. Markel comes in and just elevates the team instantly. And same thing with the, the 76ers game tonight. But with Mo, I mean, yeah, like I said, he's not going to shoot five of eight from three every night. But just the the diving to the rim, uh, you know, the effort that he showed defensively and, and rebounding the basketball, those are things that I think if he wants to bad enough, he could do that every night. I, I don't see any reason. Um, you know, defense and rebounding just comes down to effort. And it seems like lately he's been diving to the rim a bit more. Uh, we saw a, a great cut from him tonight that I think Markel found him for for an easy dunk. But if, if he, it doesn't even have to be, you know, the the pick and roll. It just has to be, you know, weak side defender falls asleep uh, when he's in the corner and just dive to the rim. And you know, if you have a guy like you know Markell in there, he's gonna find you, and uh, you know, you're gonna get an easy bucket. So, I mean, with Mo, you know, I didn't want to get too excited. Um, obviously, it was a great game and it was a ton of fun to watch. But you don't want to be like, oh, Mo Bamba is finally here, because like, how many times have we done that? And then just to jump ahead a little bit, tonight in 32 minutes, five points, five rebounds, two of seven from the floor. So that's, and we talked about that before the game. We're like, are we going to have the Mo Bamba conversation again tonight when we record? And it was, well, if he has a good game, if he replicates that, then sure. But if he has a bad game, then it's just kind of same old Mo Bamba. You know, he'll have five or six of these mad games. 
have a handful of, oh, okay, he was pretty solid tonight. And then every you know 15 to 20 games, he gives you a, whoa, Mo mm-hmm. Bamba looked great tonight. And uh, I guess the, the only thing I want to ask you, Luke, you, you mentioned that you're not, you wouldn't be a, a big fan of, well, um, kind of off air, you mentioned that you wouldn't mm-hmm. be a big fan of bringing Mo back as like the, you know, solidified, 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 good grief, solidified nice. backup center next season. Yeah, I, I just don't, I don't know because he doesn't, I mean, we've talked about it, you know, ad nauseum, obviously, like if he's got a bigger guy on him, um, then he's probably barbecue chicken. If he's got a faster guy on him, i.e. tonight, Tobias Harris, we get switched on to him uh, or Joel Embiid being bigger than him. It just seems like there's always a mismatch, and he's such a liability defensively. Despite I know guys what you guys are thinking, but he he averages a good amount of blocks a game. That doesn't mean good defense, and it it I it gives me a headache to watch Mobamba get switched on to some of these guys, and you just know they're going right to him because that's what they wanted the whole time. Um, I just don't know that I can trust him night in and night out on the bench. I just feel like there'd be so many times where I'd be like blaming a game or a rotation on Mobamba uh throughout the season if he was just strictly a backup. I don't know what you know what if if that's what you know it, how his attitude would be either. I think that he can get dejected pretty easily and I just don't know how he'd react to being you know on the bench as a young 7-footer. I think that he would probably think like I've got a lot more in my motor than you guys are suggesting and more I'm getting credit for. He just has no post moves, he can't he can't guard guys defensively um unless he you know someone blows by him and he gets a block from behind or just happens to come over and help and get a block like there's times where he looks great but it's there's just so many times where he just doesn't so i think there is definitely um you know a a lot of truth to the argument that he's not a a great defender however uh b-ball index their d lebron stat um they have mo bamba ranked as one of the most impactful uh defenders in the league now, I think what that comes from is the threat of his shot blocking ability. I mean, he's a great shot blocker. We, you know, we, we've all said that. You've said that. But, you know, the individual defender portion, whether it's, um, like you said, guarding a, a smaller guy like Tobias when, you know, he's getting destroyed like he did tonight against Joel Embiid. And then you have Wendell on Joel Embiid. But um, he still is valuable because of the way that he impacts the the it's all about the perception that he's this, you know, dynamic elite shot blocker. Which, I mean, I, I think there is a, a solid argument to he's that. He's a good shot blocker. He is. He is. So even though he's not a great defender, he still provides impact defensively. Uh, at least that's what the the D LeBron rating, um, you know, would, would lead you to believe. But as we've seen, advanced metrics are not the end all be all. If you saw that and you'd be like, oh, Mo Bamba's a great defender not necessarily true. He is an elite rim protector and shot blocker. Um, but I do still think we might be kind of underselling his value a little bit defensively because he's in there. Guards are thinking twice about getting to the rim and and that does help your defense. You know what I mean? So I, I don't really know how I feel about Mo. It all comes down to what Mo wants. If he really wants to be in Orlando because, you know, he's got a lot of friends here and he's, you know, been here the last four years. If he wants to stay here, and he's okay, you know, making, you know, five or six million dollars a year, seven million dollars maybe, uh, to be the the backup center. He's really gonna buy into that role. Then I'm fine with it. You know, 
if he can, you know, he's been shooting the ball better as of late. I know he's at 34% on the year, um, but it at least feels like he's been shooting the ball better recently. Um, you know, and the perception I think of Mo is, you know, he's got a nice stroke. Um, you know, he's, he's a, a good shooter and, and teams seem to um, you know, respect that from Mo. So uh, even though the, the value may not be true, it's the perception uh, that he provides defensively and I think in terms of helping stretch the floor where again you know in terms of you know backup centers across the league I think you could probably do a lot worse than than Mo Bamba at this point but that's a, a another uh, conversation I think for for another day and in, in the last 10 Jonathan by the way he's uh shooting four threes a game at 41 percent 41 and a half uh 52 percent from the field yeah so you know he's been efficient lately and that just kind of um, you know, helps the perception that he's a, a great shooter. So um, we all know the truth. I mean, you know, 34% is not lighting the world on fire. I believe that's just below the league average. It, it's fine. But for it's a big the, man. the perception that he's a stretch big. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it is fine for a big man. Like I think if you see that on a big man's numbers, then you're going to think it's pretty good. I'll take that from my big man. It's just like when they begin to shoot four, four and a half threes a game, then it starts to become, you know, just a little bit uh, concerning. But yeah, I mean, Mo's young. Um, I'm interested to see kind of what happens with him. But I, I just would personally rather just get a solid veteran center for the future. Yeah. Enough about about Mo, uh, Mo Bamba at least. Um, this Magic game against the Timberwolves, Luke. I think, you know, being down 18, it was the biggest comeback of the year for the Magic. Um, at this point. The Magic have nine comeback wins on the season, so nine of their 18 wins have been comebacks of at least 10 or more points. Uh, the 18 uh, you know point comeback again was the biggest of the year, and this is three of the last five Magic wins um, that have been comeback wins, you know, 10 points or more. And again, being down 18, uh, you know, in the first half, it was like, okay, this game really has a chance to get out of hand pretty quickly. And the Magic just kept fighting. Uh, again, Mo Bamba was great. Obviously, Markel Fultz, 14 points. Mo Wagner, 18 mm-hmm. points, 6 rebounds, 5 of 8 from the floor in this game. Wendell Carter, 20 points, 10 rebounds. Cole Anthony, 15 points. You know, relatively you know efficient night for Cole Anthony. So um, it was just one of the most fun games of the year for the Magic. Minnesota Timberwolves have been a, a great team as of late. You know, they're, they're fighting for playoff position still. And I mean, you get 25 points out of Anthony Edwards, 21 and 13 from Carl Anthony Towns, and you're able to you know withstand you know every run that they threw at you, especially towards the end of the game, and you come out victorious. Probably one of the the best Amway crowds that we've had all season. Kobe Price was talking about it on Twitter, saying it was the loudest that he's heard Amway since he joined the beat. So it was just really a fun game to watch for the Magic. If every game was like that, Luke, I mean, yeah. even if the Magic aren't particularly good, uh, which I think now with Markel Fultz, you kind of have to ask the question, are the Magic good? Because they're certainly not bad right now. But, Luke, this was one of the most fun games of the year. And when we look back at this team in particular, I think that's going to be a signature win on the season for the Magic and, and for Jamal Mosley. Yeah, I mean, like you said, the Amway was was into it which is huge. I know that some, you know, fans of other teams might listen to someone say that about their team and be like, "Well, yeah, of course." 
yeah. why wouldn't they wouldn't why wouldn't they be loud and in, in the game they don't understand like it, it's not normally that way there's a lot of casuals there's a lot of away team fans at every game as a lot of y'all listening to this know but you could feel it like you could feel like genuinely feel the crowd through the tv and it was one of the few times that i can remember in the last few years really where you're the, the you can hear the crowd through the TV and you know the Amway is is loud. So it was great. I mean, I'm happy for the team. I hope that it gave the young guys a glimpse into what it could be like for them the night in and night out. It doesn't have to always be this way where uh, opposing teams fans just dominate the entire arena. It doesn't have to be that way. If you win games, you can get a city excited and I think that there's so many people uh, in the city of Orlando, want to be Magic fans, but unfortunately, they're going to be fair weather, and you got to be winning games. It's more fun that way. I mean, you and I can attest to that. You guys listening to this can attest to that. It's just more fun, and this team looked good. They came back. It was a great win. Um, I mean, you, you look at quarter by quarter. That that third quarter and the second quarter. 36 points and 37 points. You hold the T-Wolves to 17 fourth quarter points to the point where it doesn't even matter that you only scored 21 in that quarter. Uh, I mean, just an all-around really great win um, for for the organization, to be quite honest. I Like I said, I hope it gave the young guys a glimpse into what the, the arena and what the city could be like for them you know, as, a, as winners. Okay, you ready? are you ready to be mad now? Yeah. We can talk about the 76ers game. Hmm. Okay, Sunday night. Uh, you know, Friday was so much fun, and uh, you know, the Seventy Sixers are coming to town, and it's like, uh, you know, Mo Bamba seems to have like a little bit of extra juice when he goes up against Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid gave us a fifty burger the last time that we played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Markel Fultz going against his old team, always fun. And for a while, Luke, this game like was really fun. You know, Magic up by five. Um, at the end of the, the first quarter, uh, I think you're up 12 at halftime on the Philadelphia 76ers. And then it just seemed like the, the, the referees, the officials mm-hmm. stepped in and in this game really just decided enough is enough. You know, these, these young, you know, whippersnappers of, of these Orlando magic, you know, they had, they had some fun in the first half and now, um, we're just going to crush their dreams and the second half particularly, I don't have the, the half-by-half stats in front of me. NBA.com hasn't updated that just yet. But 37 free throws tonight from the Philadelphia 76ers. 32 of those by Joel Embiid and James Harden. Joel Embiid with 17, Harden with 15. The Magic shoot 20 free throws on the night. So the Philadelphia 76ers basically doubled up the Magic uh, in terms of free throw attempts tonight. And the Magic only shoot six more threes in this game than the Philadelphia 76ers. So it's not like the Magic were just hoisting from three the entire night and Philadelphia was you know, much more aggressive at you know, getting to the rim or anything like that. It just seemed time and time again, no matter what Joel Embiid and James Harden did, if anyone came even in, you know, of, of morning breath distance of those two guys, it was you know, a foul and those guys going to the line. But credit to this team for continuing to fight, Luke. You know, for a long time this season, the third quarter is where the Magic would fall apart. And, you know, yeah, Philadelphia goes on a on a good run. But going into the fourth quarter, you know, you still have a chance to win this game. 
if you're the Orlando Magic. And uh, unfortunately, again, you know, the referees made sure that uh, they were going to do whatever they could, in my opinion, to help the, the 76ers tonight. This game goes into overtime, Luke. And then uh, uh, basically, you know, it, it comes down to Cole Anthony just not making the shot at the end. Gets a pretty difficult look over Matisse Thibel, you know, one of the better on-ball defenders in the league. And it just doesn't drop for us. But you're, you're that shot away from... Um, you know, disrupting a bunch of Philadelphia 76ers fans in the crowds tonight. Um, you know, the the parade to the free throw line. Shout out to Dante Marcatelli. He was pretty upset, uh, you know, in the, the, the post-game broadcast talking about the free throw discrepancy tonight. And, uh, look, what was really a fun night, especially, you know, for, for folks that are looking for this team to, to continue to get better and Anyone that's a fan of Markel Fultz, you know, eight points and 11 assists in just under 19 minutes tonight was a really fun game um, until the the parade to the free throw line started. Yeah, and I want to... Uh, so w- what I'll say about the Sixers is Joel Embiid and James Harden have a very boring, specifically James Harden, a very boring way of playing basketball. Like it, you said it in the post-game recap, a boring brand. Of basketball it's a boring way to play and it's true it is boring but these guys have mastered it these guys know how to get to the line uh on nights where they shoot 9 of 28 from the field talking about Joel Embiid and 5 of 19 from the field it doesn't matter because if you know how to get to the free throw line you're also getting superstar call calls because you are a superstar and not only they get to the free throw line they each only miss two I mean they the these guys are are professionals. Some might say professional free throw shooters. Uh, they they're great. I mean, and in terms of the game tonight, it showed just how tough the Sixers are in a game where they probably weren't that happy with how the game turned out. They shoot thirty eight percent from the field. They do shoot better from three thirty seven percent, but the Magic still shoot almost forty two percent from three. It just felt like when you've got Harden bringing the ball up the court, Jonathan, they always bring up the the the, the screen uh, for him, whether it be Embiid or whoever it might be, and you know that if you don't go over the screen, then James Harden's going to have a wide open three. We saw it multiple times tonight. Just thankfully, Harden shot three of 11 from three. A lot of those had to have been, if I had to guess, a lot of them were wide open of those. 11. At least two or three of them, like nobody within 10 feet of him. Right. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a miscommunication. It's, I mean, I hope that wasn't the plan to not go over the screen and fight over it, but I'm going to say chalk it up to miscommunication defensively between, you know, who was being screened uh, and, and who was guarding the ball. But, but yeah, I mean, you see that happen. Um, you, you play up on the ball, you overhelp automatically the ball's going in down low, whether it be to uh, Embiid or DeAndre Jordan. Um, and the craziest part about this, Jonathan, they the Sixers play tomorrow night on prime time television on ESPN against the Denver Nuggets. And Harris, Tobias plays 44 minutes. Embiid plays 41. Maxi plays 45. Harden plays 44. And Niang plays 36. Niang basically ate up like Tybel's minutes um, because Tybel only played, you know, Tybel only played 18. So it was surprising to me. I mean, you look at it, the guys on the bench play 36 minutes in Niang, 12 minutes DeAndre, Shake Milton, uh, 12, and then uh, Isaiah Joe played 13 minutes. 
and that was it you know and and, and so it's pretty crazy to me like near the end you could see Embiid getting fired up near the end they were like nah we like we came this far we have to win this game they're gonna be gassed tomorrow and so I'm interested to see kind of what their rotations look like tomorrow as a result of pulling out all the stops to beat the Orlando Magic tonight that was probably one of the craziest parts to me looking at like the minutes and the rotations um Dell plays almost 40 Cole plays 37 um I mean it's just it, it was a, a crazy game. Um, Fultz, 8 points, 11 assists, 4 rebounds in 19 minutes. In 6 games, Fultz has a uh, plus 13, plus or minus, which is pretty crazy for a team that's going to uh, be have some of the best odds in the lottery. <laughs> um, I know it's only 6 games, but it's the Markel effect. And if he doesn't have a minutes restriction, I think the Magic win this game tonight. Well... So, well, the, the 76ers really needed the win tonight. Um, the win over the Magic vaulted them over the Bucks in the second Eastern Conference. Uh, obviously, they knew that going into the game. And, you know, if I'm them, uh, I'd definitely rather, you know, play, in, I mean, at least in my opinion, Toronto um, over the Cavs. I, I mean, but, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other discussion. But, um, yeah, so they needed the win tonight. But yeah, um, some questionable decisions late, in my opinion. You know, the whole overtime and, and you know the closing time of the fourth quarter, we don't see Chuma Okiki. Chuma Okiki just twenty uh, minutes in this game, thirteen points on five of seven from the floor, three of five from the three point line for Okiki tonight. And you have, you know, um, you have Bamba in the game guarding Tobias Harris, where you could have had Okiki. You're, you don't have the ability to have Jalen Suggs. He leaves this game late. Uh, you know, with the the sprained right ankle that we talked about, you can't have Markel Fultz as he's still on the the minutes restriction. When Markel comes out with uh, you know seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter, Luke, I'm pulling this up now. Uh, the Magic were up by six uh, with 7:05 to go. Magic called timeout. Markel Fultz comes out, and then we kind of all knew that where the game was headed at I thought that it was, point. Now I thought it was going to get uglier than it did. So. I did too. I, I didn't think we'd even make it to overtime, um, but Joel Embiid missing you know some some free throws uh, uh, late in this game gave the Magic a, another chance uh, to to kind of you know get back into it. But uh, yeah, Markel comes out of this game. It, it's it's night and day right now. This this team has a switch. Markel comes into the game. If if that's the team that we have for 82 games this year, the Magic are a playoff contender in my opinion. Uh, without him. The, the offense is just stagnant. There's not as much energy. Like He energizes the team on both ends of the floor because the offense really gets going, and then they're like, all right, offense is really going. We need to pick it up defensively, and then they just look great. We got some minutes with uh, Jalen Suggs and, and Markel Fultz at the, you know, towards the beginning of this game when Markel subbed in. Right now he's essentially like the sixth man, which is great because you get to see him with some of the starters. And Jalen playing off of Markel, looked incredible. I think he had like 10 first quarter points tonight, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just making plays all over the place in the first quarter. Had a had a steal in the first quarter, had a block. Again, I believe um, probably he scored 10 points tonight. I believe all of those 10 points came in the first quarter, kind of playing off of Markel Fultz. So it, it's just so apparent how much Markel um, is lifting the team right now. And yeah, if, if there was a bad loss to be had, this is exactly what you want. You know, a close game down the stretch. 
you had a, a, a lead on the 76ers. You had a, let's see, you had a 17-point lead tonight on the 76ers that obviously you dwindled away and you lose this game, but you're up big on a big team. You're destroying them in the first half. You're still hanging with them in the fourth quarter. You go into overtime. Guys like Franz and you know Wendell and, and Mo and Cole and RJ are playing big minutes down the stretch, clutch minutes against this team. Uh, Cole, you know, was great. Um, you know, in the, the fourth quarter and into overtime, like three straight threes for the Magic to try to keep them in this game. Misses, you know, a, a couple of down the stretch and then misses the big one at the end. But Cole was, you know, phenomenal down the stretch in this game. Again, keeping the Magic in the game. And you get, you know, you get the loss. I mean, Detroit loses to the Clippers tonight. So, you know, you're still staying where you want to be in terms of your, uh, you know, lottery position. Uh, the Houston Rockets also lose to the New Orleans Pelicans. So, uh, you know, in terms of tanking and your draft position, uh, this is about as good of a loss as it can get, Luke. All right, let's talk about the week ahead, Luke. So it was a, a rough week for the Magic. You know, you, you start and you end the, the, the week with a loss. You kind of get two losses in the middle of the week there. So coming up on Tuesday, the Magic continue their current homestand. You get Brooklyn. Tuesday at 7 o'clock. Then Thursday, you're going to be at home versus the Detroit Pistons. It's going to be a big game in terms of lottery implications. And then Sunday the 20th, you're at home versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. That game will start at 6 o'clock. Luke, how do you feel uh, the Magic are going to perform this week? I, it's it's tough to know. Um, I I think that the Thunder game... And the Pistons game are very winnable. I don't see why you couldn't win those games. I'm, I'm riding the magic wave, Jonathan. I'm going two and one. With winning, uh, what you're losing to the Nets and you're, you're yes. beating the Pistons, Pistons and the Oklahoma and the Thunder. City Thunder. Yep. I am going to go uh, one in one and two. I think they beat the Pistons, um, but I think they lose uh, to the Nets. And then that Oklahoma City game is the first of first game of a back to back for the Magic, I believe. So maybe that's the game that we don't see Fultz play. We know right now he's not playing back to backs, um, and it's really just going to come down to that for me. You're either going to you know, win that game against the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, you know, if Markel plays, or uh, the following. Um, oh no, I'm looking. I'm looking at the wrong week here. We don't have a back to back. It's next week. Oklahoma City at OKC Tuesday and Wednesday. It was Oklahoma City. That's why I was getting confused about the back-to-back. In that case, yeah, maybe I'll 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 be with you there with the the two and one with the loss uh, to the Nets and then wins over uh, Detroit and the Oklahoma City Thunder. It's going to be a, a I mean those if we're talking about you know teams with the best young cores in the league, you got to think of Detroit with Cade Cunningham. You look at Oklahoma City. Um, you know, obviously you're looking at SGA, you're looking at Josh Giddy, Dort, some of those other guys. So it's going to be a, a nice, uh, you know, measuring stick, uh, you know, for the magic Thursday and Sunday, unless those teams get into uh, tank mode, which we've seen them do before. So those it, are heavy me, tank it, implications, both of those games this week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If we're, if we're looking at NBA standings right now, um, across the league, obviously you've got Houston Rockets down there at the bottom. Then you've got the magic. 18 and 51 Pistons 18 and 50 and then OKC 20 and 47 probably not going to catch the Pacers if you're the Thunder 
So you might as well try to lose out like the way that they did last year, absolutely disgracefully sitting SGA for the last two months of the season, I might add. But I could definitely see them talking themselves into, oh, you know, why don't we get into that uh, that bottom slash top three? So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But if those games are competitive, I think, um, you know, they have the chance to be pretty fun. Right now, it feels like if Markel Fultz is in the lineup, the Magic have a really good chance to win. But you have to win those non-Fultz minutes. Mm-hmm. It feels like a sure thing when Markel comes in, the Magic are going to take over and, and go on a run. Um, but uh, without Markel, you know, things are, are, are getting a little bit hairy lately. I'm yeah. going to pull up Markel's... Uh, if you if you want to talk about anything that you want, I'm pulling up his uh, mm. on-off minutes right now. Yeah, well, I mean... It- yeah, like you said, we should be seeing faults there, um, you know, in those games, just because it's not the back-to-back that we were thinking of. Um, but yeah, I, I'm interested to see what they do with faults, like when they ramp up his minutes, um, if they ramp up their, his minutes. I mean, what he's six games in. I don't know if they, but we've discussed it before. But I don't know if they actually end up ramping up those minutes or, or what they end up doing there. So Markel. Um his net rating is uh, plus 7.6. The Magic are 7.6 points per 100%, per 100 possessions better with Markel Fultz on the floor. That is a, a massive difference um, in terms of your of your net rating. For anybody who thought, you know, Markel was so great last year and was so impactful, you know, in his minutes with the Magic, his on-off, he was a plus 2.6. The Magic were two plus 2.6 points per 100 possessions better with Markel Fultz in the lineup last year, so far this season it's plus seven point six. That is absolutely incredible. So what we are seeing, the the eye test matches the metrics right now. Yep. The the Magic are just a million times better with Markel Fultz on the floor. Well, and uh, it's a shock. It's a shame that we're we're not going to see this team really to its full potential this year, obviously with Markel Fultz still being on the minutes restriction. And then we know we're not going to see Jonathan Isaac. And uh, you know what? I was thinking about this today, Luke. So far this year, the Magic have done exactly the opposite of what we expect them to at every instance. Yep. So Jonathan Isaac is going to come back with like five games left by yeah, that make, logic. That'll make a lot of sense. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. but it's it's just kind of the way that it's gone this year. Every thing that we've said, they've decided to do the opposite. You know, we thought they were going to, for sure, you know, trade or, uh, you know, Gary Harris and Terrence Ross. Then we were like, oh, for sure, they'll buy <laughs> Gary Harris out. They didn't do that. Oh, Markel might be back by opening night. He's not. Oh, he's practicing with the team, you know, just before, you know, Thanksgiving. Oh, he's going to be back in a couple of weeks. Oh, Jonathan Isaac's going to be back, you know, by Christmas. Oh, well, they'll, you know, they'll <laughs> both be back by the start of the year. Oh, well, maybe they'll be back after the All-Star break. So this has just been on and on and on. Um, you know, nobody knows what this front office is going to do, but. Yeah, Jonathan's not playing, but it would kind of be nice uh, to see him, you know, in 2022. If we don't see him in October, then, I mean, I've said this a million times. I don't know what I'll do, but it will be, it'll be sad times. Mm-hmm. All right, Luke, anything else? No. All right, that is going to do it for this episode. For Luke Sylvia, this is Jonathan Osborne. You guys have been listening to The Six Man Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. 
please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!